Welcome back to the latest episode of the CJA Tour Podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And tonight, I'm joined by the Thunder, lifelong Thunder fan himself, Sam. How's it going? Calvin, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for joining. Thanks for being back on, I think. Or is this your first time on the podcast? I can't remember. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. You can't. You know, we have so much fun every single time. Kind of, kind of black out in the moment, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, we want to talk about, of course, the uh, wrap-up a little bit to the NBA season. Talk about the NBA Summer League. We'll impress you the most from OKC. We'll impress you the most overall. What's Wemby's floor look like? Uh, who's better, Scoot or Brandon Miller? Dream OKC starting five. How does OKC handle the roster guts? Currently at 20 or 21 guys on the roster. And how do they get down to 15? And then um, may move into a little bit more of a season preview for next year in july so i don't know that being said sam what was your what's your overall takeaway who impressed you the most from uh okc summer league this year well uh probably jalen williams I think oh yeah in about five minutes it was pretty apparent he should not have been in summer league um definitely i mean i'm obviously impressed with his uh his physique you can tell you can tell this strength and athletic conditioning team has really been I mean because it wasn't just him it was Jalen obviously Chet's been getting some love gaining how much weight 11 pounds yeah I love 11 pounds and not a lot of body fat you know so yeah yeah he's a full-on tank oh Chet Holmgren yeah but I I would say Jalen um I would also say Arkansas Jalen Williams um taking charges in summer league interesting I mean it's when, when when every player has ten fouls, the charges don't matter as much. I would say in summer league, you have ten fouls. You have I think in the but when the quarterfinal and the championship of it, you only have six. But still, that's it's ten. It's basically just like who he is. Like I, yeah, I wonder like in real life if he gets the itch to do it. Like you know, you're at the grocery store, someone's trying to get around your cart. There's a lane there for him to step in front, set his feet. Do you think he thinks about that? Like. I think if he's going, hang on a second, I got to grab those protein snacks. This guy's coming down. He also looks like he goes to the gym. I'm go- I'm going to take a charge here to make sure I get those, you know, rice cakes instead of him. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, he, it's uh, he's just a solid team player. He, he's one of those guys that if you want to have a winning team, you need a dude like him. You need a grit and grind type of guy. He would fit really well on Memphis, except for the fact that that's, I don't think that's really their identity anymore. John Morant, I don't want to go too far into it, but John Morant grit and grind isn't there. Marcus Smart grit and grind, definitely there. Well, I think you got you to gotta be actually uh, an active NBA player to shape yeah. your team's chemistry. But when he fair. comes back, you're sure. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think, I don't know, they still kind of have that. Um at least in summer league, you see it a little bit because they have that Lofton kid. Kenny Lofton, dude. He last year, the reason why I know his name is because he was the guy who was like taking chat down and was, you know, incredible, et cetera. Holmgren kryptonite. Yeah. And now it's like, really? What are we doing? You know, like, are we, are we sure? Um, Going back to, I mean, obviously Trey Mann. Mm. He, he just, when he's confident, 
you can see it. I mean, really, really see what he, he brings, especially off the bench, um, which is what, you know, probably he'd be doing for us during the season. But yeah, if he, if he plays like that, I mean, getting 12 to 13 off of him, that, that could really take us to the next level as far as, I mean, I mean, people talk about, Oh, I think the thunder are going to be a playoff team this year. I don't, I don't think that bar is high. I, I, I mean, especially if everyone stays healthy and us adding that rim protection with Chet, I, we could be a top five seed. I, I really honestly believe that. Well, so let's, let's play it out a little bit. So no matter what I'd say nuggets in some form or fashion, I'm trying to get the order correct. You know what I mean? But like nuggets will be up there. Lakers will be up there. Um, I'm sure about that. I mean, Lakers, Lakers will be up there. I mean, every year though, it's like, oh, they got LeBron, they got Anthony, they should be, and yeah, they should be, but they haven't been. And that's that's true. They were they were a very low seed last year. I forget what they were going to the playoffs. That that's a great point. Reeves coming into his own was nice for them. Um, at the end, you you could see. I think he was one of the ones that really spurned that late run that they made into the playoffs. Um. But like Nuggets, Suns, Clippers should be, but might not be. It always depends on health. It's just that, yeah, that's the question mark. Can they stay healthy? I'm trying to think who else that I'm just, no matter what, missing here. Though out of the Western Conference, making it Memphis, theoretically, right? Like there's there's quite a few teams that Thunder are going to have to face. And I do think we have a better roster. It just is... We have a better roster than last year. I want to finish my point there, but we we still don't have like a we still don't have a, a center that matches up down low with anyone who's real physical. I think Chet has the potential to block some shots, but isn't he? Do you think he plays more of a four? Well, and that's that's where you know we brought up the dream five. And, yeah, and obviously it depends on the matchups because there are going to be some teams where Chet's going to have to play the five. Right. Um, right. If we're playing another team that's physical my, my dream four five would be chet at the four and Jalen at the five because i think that's why a reason why we have someone like Jalen williams because he can body up bigs down low and that it just it gives us a lot of versatility um i i, I know our roster or <laughs> we have too many people as it is but seeing what they're going to do at that five spot with jeremiah Robinson Earl and then Garuba who we picked up. I don't, I don't know what the answer is there, but I, I um, yeah, I, 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 my dream five would, would be Jalen gives Chet more freedom on the defensive end. I, I just don't, I, I don't like it because he's six, nine. Now it's at the end of the day, I don't know who's grabbing rebounds. That's, that's what I worry about. Is because against that Minnesota t- series, yeah. I mean, of course, Minnesota has like three centers, so that's the one series maybe that I can pick you apart here on this lineup. Whereas the rest of the league, like, no one's guarding Jokic down low, so I'm not going to try to bring up Denver. You know what I mean? Like, I I can try to come be be like the you know antithesis here and really play devil's advocate, but the Lakers, like Anthony Davis, LeBron James, okay, who's out, like, but no one's got rebounding those guys, you know, Jokic, no one's really, right, so, like, I mean, you know, Joel Embiid in the East. can rebound, I mean, Chet, Chet got, I mean, I see what you're saying. The Uh, height, the height is what I worry about for a guy who's, like, truly playing the center position. And that's, that's why I like 
the versatility between both of them on the court at the same time because Jalen, you know, if, if Jalen were a shot blocking, I mean, that dude would may, probably he might be a max player if, mm. if he was tall, a little bit taller, and had that length and was known to block shots. Um, I, I, I think I mean, yeah, like you said, no one's gonna go shut Jokic down, but. Having a dude like Jalen who could get a couple offensive fouls maybe against a guy like you. But, I mean, he, he you know, he can body people up. And, I, you know, I, I think the rebounding, I think where we make up for that is our length on the wings. Okay. Especially with, you know, because Giddy, Giddy crashes the boards. Shea can get rebounds. You know, Dort is physical and knows how to block people out on the block. So, and, and you know, obviously Jalen... You know, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara has like what a seven nine wingspan and something crazy. Yeah, so I, I think overall, I think we actually could be a really really good rebounding team, regardless of who we're playing. Well, so who is your dream starting five? My, gosh, there's so many tough decisions this year. Um, like I said, it depends on the matchup. Um, Lindy Waters, I know that was an automatic. Lindy right? Waters. Yeah. Um, Pokashevsky. Okay. <laughs> you know, I like both of those guys. I, I, I don't, um, obviously Lindy is no longer with the team. Right. I'm not sure how much time Poku has left. will be there. Um, yeah. I think realistically with the way other teams are built in the league, I think it's going to be Shea, Dort, Giddy, uh, Jalen Williams, uh, Santa Clara, Jalen Williams and Chet. Okay. Um, man, there's probably going to be a lot of people that disagree with me on this. If we're going, if the matchups make sense, mine would be Shea, Giddy, Dort, uh, Chet and Arkansas Jalen Williams. And then bringing Santa Clara Jalen Williams off the board, which I know sounds crazy because this kid, he might be an all-star this year. I mean, it's all just, again, confidence. It's everything. And he, the way he turned it on at the end of the year when he was forced to be in those positions due to injuries, you saw that switch just flip for him where all of a sudden it, it became like, I'm a rookie to, oh, I have, not only can I play in this league, but I'm pretty damn good. And so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's tough. I, I just, I love Lou's, I love his defense and I'm, I, I obviously would probably finish games with Jalen, and I think Jalen would get more minutes total. But I like to start off games scrappy and tough, you know what I mean, and then adjust from there. Yeah, I think this is this for me. Like the dream lineup is I would love is is truly like a dream because I think Lou just fits better playing such good defense against a lot of other matchups, right? Like if you're going to play the Warriors. Then okay, if you have Jalen Williams with a seven-two wingspan, awesome. But if he's guarding Steph Curry, no one can stand in front of him. But you'd rather have Lou Dort versus Jalen Williams. Yeah, I mean, just just would you rather have a bigger physical guy who's plays like who could play linebacker versus the guy who's who couldn't play football because he's six foot nine, but still, you know, versus San Clara Jalen Williams. And that's why I think of it as more of a a dream lineup because the dream lineup you're proposing is is the same one I'd have where we have Chet starting, you have Shea starting, you have Giddy starting, you have Jalen Williams, Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, like See, mine's not sexy, but I, I it, but I, I feel like that would be the best and most efficient way to start the game. And then, like I said, we, we have so much, we have so much talent that is going to have to come off the bench because there's only five spots, obviously, that we can make those adjustments. And I don't know, Dagnall, you know, congrats also on the extension. I thought that was a fantastic move. Um, but he, he's shown that he's, you know, willing to mix it up, especially with the starting lineup. And so I, I, I think he, he's kind of one of those dudes. He likes to tinker and you give him a lot of different pieces to do it with. He'll come up with something good. Yeah. This isn't the Scott Brooks team where Kendrick Perkins is starting. Well, but like, it's just, I'm saying like we move past that. I think the old NBA has moved past that where it's so much, you know, what to use the, the NBA term of yesteryear because now it's been overused but of you know positionless nba positionless basketball it's like no one has like chet would play center every single day of the week in 1980s 1990s right now 2000s right but now we're in the 2020s and chet's could be playing the three some nights could be playing the four some nights he definitely could be playing the five some nights too at his height especially but like he he, chet plays the five against victor Mm -hmm. women yum like he just does. He plays as long as, you know, assuming Wemby plays the five, right? Like that's how they match up. But neither one of those guys is going to be down low posting up. No one does that anymore, period, really. Yeah. I mean, Jokic. Yeah. It's really. It's a copycat league. So, yeah, everybody, you know, the big man is essentially, I mean, not dead, but that style of ball, slowing the game down, getting the ball in the paint, that you don't see that. There's a reason why, like, Dwight Howard types and Andre Drummond types are just not in the league anymore. You know, those those guys who are just stat, basically stat padding the rebounds aren't in the league anymore. Well, and you got to be able, in today's game as a big man, you got to be able to do multiple things well mm-hmm. because of how guard dominant the league is, or I, I should say wing dominant the league is. For sure. But I, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's just... We we haven't seen people like Chet or Wimby in this league, and so I don't I don't know what the answer is about what position. I mean, are they a five? I I think that's going to be something that they have to figure out. Um, it, it like with Chet, I mean, Chet has the skills to play wing, but do you is that where he gives you the best chance to win? Like, is that where he's at his maximum capabilities plan. I mean, maybe eventually, I, I don't know. Um, he needs to work on his handle a little bit, but it's like, if you, the way our team is built right now, he doesn't need to go outside of that. I mean, protect the rim, pick and pop and rim run. Chet does those three things, masters those. He's going to have a hell of a career. Uh, Wimby is in a little bit different spot because the Spurs you know, don't have as much talent as we do on their team. It's just a fact. And so he might be asked to play more of a wing role. I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, we just haven't seen it. It's like you, you look at those two dudes and it, it reminds me of like when you look into the future and you're like, what's the league going to look like 40 years from now? And yeah, it's like going to be all seven foot guys that can dribble. And so I, you know, what do you think? I, I think, what we've seen out of Wemby so far, like in summer league and overseas, is a dude that his skills translate so incredibly well to playing pickup basketball 
that I have no idea how to categorize him like in the NBA. Like I don't, I, I mean, Wembenyama. If I had to guess, in five years from now, he will be the greatest NBA talent we've ever seen. And in ten years from now, he will be known as a guy who's like Blake Griffin esque of just injured, never really completes a full season. Is like so freakishly dominant at a couple things, but is just not able to get through stuff. The well, he's he's scandal prone with the way he punched Britney Spears oh. at the casino. Yeah, we're, so, we're, we're going into that early. Okay. Issues with him. I thought we were going to get into that like minute 58 of the podcast, but I'm glad we're getting into that early. We'll get into it now. Yeah, of course. I just, Webinyama is at the perfect team. Like, like, yes. You and I have talked about this on the phone a couple of different times, but Wemby is just on the, if Wemby was playing for the Rockets or the Pistons, I'm not trying to badmouth anyone. I'm just saying the Spurs are that good. The Spurs are that set up to handle. Just having a guy who is this good, who's a foreign player. Like Spurs are just so much success with this type of dude year over year. Depressed that he went to the Spurs, and I had a feeling it was going to happen. I just had I had a feeling. Is it is it not weird at all that Greg Popovich, and I'm sorry I keep cutting you off, Greg Popovich before this last season started said, well, you know, this, this roster probably not winning a lot of games. Like he said something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. And then, of course, throughout the entire season, it's like, oh, yeah, the Spurs are tanking. And then they get the number one overall pick. Like, I, I'm not saying the Spurs were not tanking the years before, but I'm saying this year there was no ifs, ands, buts about it that before the season started, Popovich was like, yeah, we're not we're not doing anything. He's seen the roster. Yeah, they traded Jonte Murray before the season started to not to pay him. They knew what they were doing. And a lot of teams, a lot of teams do it. Just the NBA has a history of saying, if you're going to be this clear cut about tanking, they're going to find you in some way. Well, I mean, the Mavs, would they get fined like a, a million or something? I mean, I don't think that's enough. I think they need to, I don't know if it's take away draft picks, maybe take away a second round pick. If you do it again, take away your first, but. That's why it used to really, it, it bothered me when people, like, the difference between, like, the Mavs and Oklahoma City is, you know, they just sat their best play for no reason. Like, Oklahoma City had injuries and players needed treatment and, you know, arthroscopic surgery, stuff like that. So it wasn't just, like, we're sitting people blatantly without, you know, I think that's the difference. But, uh, yeah, and it... it I think Wimby's probably going to add 20 years to Popovich's life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I yeah. really believe if they hadn't got that first, I think, I don't know if Popovich would have, would be the coach in two years. Not obviously they get rid of him, but he'd probably retire. Um, that that's the problem with the, you know, well-run organizations like the Spurs. I mean, this was one of the worst years that they've had since maybe we've been alive. <laughs> Like, I mean, no, at, right. least, at least around the, the David Robinson era, but it, they're, they're just too good at what they do to really be a bottom five team, even if they don't have a great roster. And like you said, teams like the Rockets and Pistons and the Hornets that just seem to be constantly like directionless, you know, they, they are, they don't have the same coaching they don't have the same front office and so even if they're having a down year they could still put a team together that could win 30 games 25 i don't know how much they many they went run one this year but yeah it's around 20 if if i rephrase my question though instead of ask what's Wimby's floor i just say if the guy never gets better than he is right now today because he's going to get better over time he's in a popular system but if he never gets any better 
he's already in my mind better than Nerland Noel has ever been in the league. Right. Like I'm sitting like a, I'm sending like a, a line of demarcation, you know, just like, okay, you're already better than this guy who's currently an NBA player and has been on rosters throughout his whole career. So I like, I like Nerlens. I think his floor and it's, it's just going to be interesting with how people view Wimby's growth because I mean, he literally like you don't, I, I think it's, it's somewhere like, it's some combination of like Porzingis and Sean Bradley with mm. some bowl bowl throw. You just don't, there's no one to compare him to. And that dude, if he never made an NBA shot in his life, the way he can protect the rim is worth it on its. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, he's going to be day one immediately in the league as probably the best shot blocker. I mean, like, He's already got that skill set. So you add something like if he can shoot 35, 40% from three point range, you already have one of the greatest basketball players. You already have a Hall of Fame player. Um, the other areas where he, you know, could obviously bring, you know, ball handling from the way it, it, it's just tough for guys that big. And that's why, you know, I love Chet. I'm a certified Chetophile, but he, when you're that tall, I mean, it's just physics. The ball travels longer to get to the floor when you dribble. And so it remains to be seen because he had a lot of turnovers like that where he was trying to do a little bit too much on the wings. And so, you know, Wimby had struggled a little bit with that, especially in his debut. So I I think it's, um, they're just going to have to figure out, he's going to have to figure out the spots on the floor that make him most successful. But good Lord, when he does that, like if he get you know if he's comfortable at the elbow he can get there every single time and he can shoot it over every single person in the league and that's just a fact so i think the floor of him he's just such a physical specimen and that's actually you don't have to worry about develop because we've seen that he's got skills already and so it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh i know you're a boxing guy tyson fury mm-hmm. uh you know, Tyson Fury 6'9 has like an 83 inch reach. I mean, he's got physical tools that you could be a fantastic heavyweight boxer, but you, you just can't match up with him because he's too big. And that's kind of how it is with Wimby. Uh, yeah, that rim protection, man, he, he, it's going to be like day one. He's going to be a longer Matumbo just on that side. What what I keep thinking about when I ask about the like the position stuff of what position these guys gonna play on the floor, to me you would not want Chet playing the wing because of the reason same reason you're saying of the length of these guys. Okay, so it takes him that much longer to move to switch his hips, you know, to flip his hips or whatever his feet because his just legs are that long. Garden guys in the perimeter, Wimpy blocked a crazy amount of shots as he will continue to do from guys who he was guarding the perimeter who just who guys are just not used to. It's like me playing against my brother who's 16, except for, you know, it's not even that now because he's close to my height, but I'm trying to think of it. It's like, you know, it's like a six foot three guy playing against, you know, a, a 11 year old, right? You're just taller than everyone they've ever played against. So when they pull up a shot, they're not aware you're, you're just there. And that's what I think is the difference with Wemby. But then again, for these guys to be so good, for Chet and Wemby to be elite guys, it's not 
oh, Chet's going to go off and score 40 a game or Wemby's going to score 40 a game. It's these guys are going to score 20 a game, maybe, but the best version of them might be scoring 15 with 10 assists and three blocks and whatever, right? I mean, Chet could score 15 points a game, but he's going to affect just about every single possession on the floor. That kind of the same with Wimby. So I don't, yeah, if, if you're measuring him in point, I don't, I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's probably incorrect. I think with Wimby, it's almost like the anti Poku, and I love Poku, but that dude has made some legendary bad plays where you're like, I've never seen that before in my life. And Wimby's kind of the opposite where he's, you know, that the three point put back dunk that he had is obviously like, impossible but i've seen that dude go under screens on the perimeter and block the shot that just that's never been in the league before and i don't know how you beat that i really don't unless i don't know i I was trying to figure out how old poku is yeah there's he's probably still like 19 he's he's still gotta be giving up on poku because he makes plays also where you're like wow I haven't seen that in good place. Right. There, there is one more thing I wanted to bring up here just while we're kind of talking about OKC roster. His uh, arm injury really set him back, I thought. Not to interrupt, Poku. Yeah. I, I thought that was that was really bad for him because I, I thought he was playing better down the stretch, and especially when the game started mattering. Matt, Matt you know what I'm saying. Right, right. No, I, I got you. And it started to matter more. You know, obviously, I, I, there was an opportunity for him to grow as a player there. That I thought he would have gotten. All right. Well, okay. So I want to ask you this, this quiz question. And this is one for the listeners as well, too. And I've seen this photo already, so you might remember it. But who, which, which player was on the OKC roster currently was still on the roster in 2018, 2019? That was, that's still on the roster? Yeah. And the, the reason why I'm asking is because it's a little bit, I mean, I'm, if you don't have it immediately, I'm going to give give it away thinking here. and processing it okay i can tell you these teams have only one player brooklyn which spencer Dinwiddie he left and came back new york knicks mitchell robertson indiana the pacers with miles turner uh minnesota with carl anthony towns clippers with zubac i don't mean to interrupt you is this like a trick question it is is victor oladipo no the answer is no one no one no one, because Oladipo got waived. I mean, he's okay. waived. I'm not counting him necessarily. Okay. Well, and I don't. Also, Oladipo was. I think he. I don't know if he was on the roster in 2018, 2019. I don't think he was. I think he was. I think it was the came. I think he was. Yeah, I think he period. left before then. Memphis, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, there's just like the Lakers, just LeBron James. There's there's also plenty of teams here who have no one on their roster currently, just like the Thunder that was on the roster back in 2018, 2019. Cleveland, Detroit, Washington Wizards, of course, Utah Jazz, Houston, New Orleans, San Antonio. No one's still on the team that was, no one's been on the team for more than five years. Hmm. I mean, I'm not super surprised by that because that was kind of the last year, I believe, of our playoff push. And so following year having that turnover, because that next year was the year we got Shea in the trade. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I'm not totally surprised, but he usually hangs on to, well, I guess Mike Muscala would have been that guy. 
wouldn't he? Yeah, Muscala might have been. I think Darius Baisley, before he got traded, was the longest tenured Thunder player on the roster. So he signed with them in Brooklyn? Yeah, I think he signed with the Brooklyn on a, on a prove-it deal, basically. Shout, shout out to him. Not sure what Brooklyn's doing. Do they know what they're doing? They they may they just may not. Um, it's just shocking because if you would have told me like when Brooklyn got the team that they were going to mismanage their shit more than the Knicks, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't agree with you. I I would not have either. Honestly, I would I would not have all. Um, Deserves better. All right. Well, well, the next next ish kind of question I got for you here is regarding the roster cuts. And then we'll come back to NBA Summer League with uh, Scootin. And Brandon Miller. So I want to throw this out here for any and all Thunder listeners here. So what makes the who's going to get cut question just really entertaining for all Thunder fans is that last year the Thunder released or traded Isaiah Roby, Jermichael Green, Vit Krizik, Krizik? I don't know how to say that, Derek Favors, Ty Jerome, and Theo Maladon. So when we're talking about this, we're not talking about, oh, are they going to release or you know, trade. I mean, we're talking about some guys who are like at the end of the roster. We're not talking about the Usman, you know, Dings of the world who have a ton of potential. And he great. yeah, he, he looked great. He played, he, I love that he played a lot of, I mean, some really good. He played all the way in the last game, I think. Yeah. So when, when I'm going back through this though, who do you think gets, I mean, guards, we've got plenty, you know, the guys like Victor Oladipo, Kaysen Wallace, Aaron Wiggins, like, okay, of course, you know, Kaysen Wallace stays. Um, Misic, I think that's how you say it right. The guy we just signed from EuroLeague. He's good. He's really good. He's Presti so good. took a photo with him. Presti, I don't think that's I don't think that's a common thing. Presti takes a lot of photos with with first year rookie guys who come over. I I feel like he's the type where because every time they show him in the crowd at like summer league, I feel like he'd be pissed if he knew he was on camera. Oh yeah, private like kind of dude. I think. I don't yeah. think he likes the selfies. No, 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 not at all. But then we also have guys like Bert, Davis Bertans. We saw Rudy Gay already got cut. Um, Pogoszewski keeps throwing out his name. Kenrich Williams, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl potential. I mean, we have we only have four guys who we could theoretically list at center. I I I you know that's Chet Holmgren, Jay. Williams, uh, Arkansas, Jerry Robinson Earl, and then Garuba. It's it's such a headache to think about. Um, and, and the thing is, there's so many, like, wrenches that could get thrown in this thing because, you know, like you were talking about trades, like, I mean, Kenrich could get moved. Trey Mann could get moved. Uh, hell, Dort could get you know, moved for something big. You know, Isaiah Joe's another one, one of those guys, like – it we just we have a lot of talent on this team and it's not an easy thing if we're talking we're talking not predicting trades yeah not trying to predict trades just trying to predict thunder have to go right now from i think 20 maybe 21 to 15 i think it's five five we have to cut yeah i think it's five we have to cut the rest we're going to say are on two ways so now i'll say this i do think there is going to be a trade that is going to at least get rid of one or two of these people. Well, um, what I thought was interesting though is we didn't we end up trading Patty Mills for two mm-hmm. or three guys. 
I think we flipped him for a second round. Second rounder that, and Ty Ty Washington, I believe. Yes, you're right. I okay. completely forgot about. Yeah, that's not a guy I named or that's in any graphic I could find. Yeah. Um, boy. Yeah. It's, I, I, I don't know how he would probably be one of the guys that didn't make, but, but again, he, you know, was a first round pick last year. And it's like, he, you know, you never know who Presty, because some of these dudes are going to be Presty guys. And it was kind of like, like the Jack White signing. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's he's on the roster, uh, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, but it's like, I mean, none of us know anything about Jack White, you know. Like we've he played a few minutes like for the Nuggets, you know, in scrap time, but none of us really knows what Presty's vision is for him. I I okay, so and same thing with Garuba. I mean, Garuba, I liked him as a prospect coming out. Um, I think he could be a heck of a center. I, I might be some people upset. I would probably keep Garuba over Robinson Earl. And that's no, I think Robinson Earl has a place in the league. I just don't, I don't think he brings enough to the table as far as, you know, cause even when you play these third string singers, you want them centers, you want them to be able to come into the game and do something. Well, and Robinson Earl has the same issue that I have with, Arkansas Jalen Williams, they're about the same height. They're both like six nine. Now Jalen Williams is listed Jaylen six Williams. ten. Jalen Williams is bigger than Yeah, but he's but he's apparently they only weigh five pounds difference from ESPN. But with all due respect, like you're Jay- you're playing Arkansas Jalen Williams over JRE. Yeah. You just are. And then that's that's the issue. Um Yeah, I think in a lot of ways they're they bring similar stuff to the table, so that's why I, I think Robinson Earl's probably one of them that's gone. Um, I hate to say it because he could end up with San Antonio because there's still a lot of time for him to develop as a player, but Poku. I don't know if Poku's on my list. Like I said, I think someone's getting traded, but if we're just cutting right off the top, uh, I think Bertans is gone. So we got Robinson Earl. Uh, Bertans, Poku, Ty Ty Washington, and man, this is getting, this is getting really tough. Um, I mean, you, you've got, how many have you cut so far? Four. Yeah. It's, dude, it gets so tough here at the but end. Then, but here's the other thing, uh, Another player I thought played really well was Butler. Yeah, so, I I wonder if he'll is is he on the two way deal? Is he on? Our two- That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I know now he was last this. year. Um, I mean that dude. Like the whole thing about him coming out of college was, yeah, he's a great player and he does all these things great, but he can't shoot the three. And what he shoot? He shot at thirty nine percent. Summer league forty percent something like that, and you know it's obviously a smaller sample, but like he looked phenomenal. And you're gonna, those are the decisions you're gonna have to make: either a dude like him or a guy like Wiggins. Mm. All Wiggins does is make winning plays, but that's why I think someone like Isaiah Joe might be a surprise. Kind of, I mean, as well as he shot it, and we need shooting, but at the same time, like, you know. He's not as dynamic as a Trey man. Um, well, do you have Oladipo and one of the guys that's getting cut that's, or that's leaving? That's the other thing. Who, who the hell knows what health 
you know what? Like he he could not. I mean, he he had I I believe a similar injury to Roberson. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was the degree like severity, but you know it was a patella thing. I I don't know if he comes back healthy and you're getting, you know, if, if this is one of Presti's like, uh, you know, projects where he you know takes a Chris Paul, builds him back up, and then flips him kind of thing, like I don't, I. I mean, he, he could be one of the top eight players on the team right now. We just don't know. See, if it's me, I don't know how Kenrich fits on the team right now. Like, he, he to me, is so good, but he plays the same position that so many other guys on our team play. He's just, he's like fourth in the rotation at the power forward, small forward spot there. He's really good, but he's like... He's not. He's not so good that it's incredible, you know. I don't. He's another one of those players that like he he could be a starter on a championship winning team. He what? Kenrich, Ken, Kenrich Williams could be a starter on a championship winning yes. team. And I'm saying not. Obviously, you're not. If you need him to be the fourth or even maybe the fifth option, that's not what I'm saying. But no, you put him on a wing for the Lakers, something like that team that's already got established scores the suns that dude is a solid wing defender will shoot 36 37 38 percent from three-point range and hustles his ass off he will give you 20 to 25 championship minutes he might not finish the game for you depending on you know but no he he absolutely could be that guy yeah i mean i i had to look it up here he, his his field goal percentage from three last year was thirty seven point three. Career's thirty five, so it's not not like he shot forty last year, and you know his career's five percentage points lower. His free throw percentage is really really low. It's forty three. I just don't think he shoots that many um, shoots that many free throws. But I I just have apparently his uh, his nickname in basketball reference is Kenny Hustle, which is. Loki is, is is amazing. You need you need players like that. It's the whole you know three and D revolution that's happened in the NBA the last five or six years, where all these dudes that you know have been in demand as the guard play has gone up, wing defense has become a premium, and then tack that on to being able to shoot. I mean, you see like how valuable a dude like Tabo was for us. Yeah, I mean. He could play some really way better player all overall than Tabo. Well, yeah, and he's he's listed six six, so he can play some other spots on the floor. Or he could play some, you know, we're running a smaller lineup. He plays power forward. Running a bigger lineup, he could play shooting guard. He's he's able to play a lot of different things. I just there's so many other guys I would play over him. I mean, that's that's what's I tough, mean, but. I would play just like just be, then again if you if you play your starting five based on talent alone that doesn't necessarily get you the best team. No, but like all right, so so who does he who gets minutes out of these guys? Let's let's say this way, right? I says final spot. So who the four we're cutting right now that we're saying are are, are not with the team day one of the season is who are the four? Reboom for me. Okay, so I got Robinson Earl. Okay. I got Bertans. Okay. I got Poku. I got Ty Ty Washington. All four of those are gone by gone. the season starts. Okay. Ty Ty was a 20, he was a first round pick, but 29th overall pick last year. So I don't think that's out of the question. 
Poku, sorry, but he's he still could be injured. He's probable to start the season, but you know he had this. He's probable it's an arm injury, right? What he has going for him is obviously he's a little more versatile and where you can play him on the floor. But well, I, but he is and he isn't because I don't think he's obviously not going to defend the wing as good as some one of these guards that's going to have to be cut. Right, but also Poku is twenty one, so he is. I mean, he's just, he's just he, he's just. There's a lot of potential left in Poku, probably, but that could be his whole career. We could always be saying if Poku just found the right team, and he just never could because he's. I think you know the log jam with Wiggins, Man, now Oladipo, Kenrich, Isaiah Joe, Michich. It's six, and we're not even including Butler. Could be seven. Yeah, my guess is Butler gets signed back to a two-way. That's what he ended last year on. So if that's possible, I don't know how that all works. But Jared Butler gets back on a two-way deal. It's going to say a lot if you know they end up cutting. Like, say they cut Garuba and Robinson Earl. I think that's going to be a pretty big signal of how we're going to play ball this year. Pretty small. I mean, Dagnall's shown that he, he doesn't mind throwing a lot of guards out there. And I think that's one of the reasons why Presti is so attracted to length. He can make up for some of that. Yeah, the CBS Sports has our starting lineup right now to start the season as Shea at the, I mean, it's grand, like all this switches around, but Shea playing point, Giddy playing shooting guard, Lou Dort playing small forward, power forward being Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, and then center being Chet, and then the the second team being Giddy playing point, Cason Wallace. Wait, shooting, second team? Yeah, like guys off the, yeah, well, if Giddy's starting, how's he gonna be on the same? I don't know what CBS Sports is I up think, to. I think that I think that is where we see a difference, though. Is that when we talk in dream lineup? Dream lineup is what C, my dream lineup is. What CBS Sports has more mm-hmm. or less here, like, well, we'll go with that lineup. Yeah, with Chad at the five. If we go with that lineup, I think our second unit would be Arkansas Jalen Williams at the five. Mm-hmm. Um. I think probably Oos at the four. Yeah. Um, then Kenrich. And, you know, at the three. Mm-hmm. Trey. Uh, oh, man, this is and tough. And then Kaysen. Well, that's Kaysen or, or Isaiah Joe. Um, or that's Oladipo if he comes back. I mean, he'd be... Michich? <laughs> Yeah, but Ty Ty's got Ty Ty doesn't make the roster. In my mind, Keontae Johnson doesn't make the roster either. Well, he's our. I thought he was already signed to a two way. Okay, so he's one of the two way spots. Man, if they, if they cut, I like Keontae. I man. do too, man. He, I also forgot he was the Florida guy who had the heart condition uh-huh. and then bet on himself. He could have just quit basketball gotten paid $5 million from insurance and instead bet on himself to come back and play, which hard out to him. Like that's so hard when you have a condition, like, like when you have a life and death condition, like you pass out on the, on the court during a uh-huh. game or like an Achilles rupture, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, okay. I forgot all about that shit. The second that dude stepped on the summer league, like he, he reminds me of like almost like if you mixed like Blake Griffin with PJ Tucker, Ooh. Like he's athletic, 
to the point where like he is noticeable out there. Like he separates himself with his athleticism. He's physical. And then, oh, by the way, he can shoot it. Like I love that. Like I, yeah, I'm really, I don't know how many minutes he'll get on this roster, but he's a dude. He kind of not their games are completely different, but Mitch McGarry. Yeah. (laughs) He reminds me of that type of dude where you throw him in there anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, depending on, and for those 10 to 20 minutes, that dude is just going to make as many plays as possible. And he reminds me of uh, PJ three, Perry Jones third. Okay. In the fact that if it's just him, like, Hey, I need you to go like everyone's sick. Every, you know, five guys got both have heart problems. (laughs) Well, like four or five guys on the team are all like injured out, whatever. And it's just, Hey, it's just tonight. It's just you and SGA. And he comes in with, you know, the second team. We could be like, Oh, Keontae, remember that 30 point game he had type of deal. Like Mm -hmm. remember, you know, Barry Jones had one 30 point game. Completely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does a lot in a short amount of minutes. Um, and Bertans is getting paid so much money just to basically. I mean, he's he's he was a contract filler in a trade, so I don't think. I mean, he I, comes think, back. I think Bertans could, you know, I think he could add a lot to this team, but I don't think with the money and the timeline, uh, yeah, he's the second that. highest paid player salary wise on the team. For That's Thunder. crazy. At seventeen million a year, Dallas is so stupid. Lou Dort's third, Chet's four. I love the position that Dallas is in. Like they're screwed. They they really need to just right now trade Luca. All right. Well. All right. So yeah, I do, I do want to ask you about this. So worst. I, I don't know if you've heard the the segment that the Bill Simmons podcast does with uh, Ryan Rosillo. Yeah, Bill, but, Bill Simmons, your boy is on fire lately. Oh gosh, <laughs> a lot of great takes. Yeah, just absolutely fire ones. Yeah, Bradley Bill sucks, and we're moving back to Seattle. Yeah, the Thunder with the. Worst, worst capacity in the NBA by far. In fact, we don't, and it's actually middle of the back. Anyways, though, they did a, Russell and Simmons did a worst GM job draft. Like, which team you take over today would you not want to be a GM of? Is your, is your number, I can tell you what my number one overall pick is. What's yours? Houston. Really? I, what am I doing? Like, Houston, okay, I've got a, Head coach who has previous history of a bunch of scandalous stuff that no one really knows what happened. Mm-hmm. I've got Jabari Smith and Jalen Green who don't know what they can, how they can play together or not. The owner is got a lot of ties to some stuff. Don't really want to get into Fertitta. Yep, yeah. someone Fertitta, and also apparently wants wanted or wants James Harden. So, you know, his pressure is basically on to sell tickets and to get a guy in the building with a big name. Well, that's okay. And I, I th- and you don't have all your picks going forward because the Thunder, st- we still have the Thunder. St- yeah. We still have one. Yes. From the CP3 trade. I think this is just kind of uh, our difference in worldview, maybe because for all those reasons are, okay, so I'll, f- I'll flip it. Okay. So Udoka. Yes some off the court transgressions that were pretty bad, but at the same time, he's got winning experience as a coach. One, one year of getting to the finals. Gotcha. Jabari, okay. Jalen, Jalen second. I mean, they could be, I mean, Jabari looks amazing in summer league. Um, they could be fantastic young pieces on a winning team. 
I agree with you. I don't know what the hell they're doing as far like them signing Van Fleet. Like I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I really don't. <laughs> just, it doesn't really make sense to me. I th- it reeks of like they're desperate to get into the playoffs, and I don't. And sometimes you'll have organizations like that that are like, listen, we'd rather instead of taking that year next year and maybe another one after that of still sucking in order to build towards a championship, they their bottom line tells them that I want a playoff team, even if it's an eight or seven seed, just to you know put butts in the seats. So no, I, I don't think that's the worst. I, I, me, yeah, mine would be Dallas because the only, the only thing as a GM that would be attractive to that would be the prospect of trading Luca and seeing what kind of haul you could get back. But here's the thing. You have a superstar that at the end of the year sounded like depressed and someone killed his dog. Like he sounded like he had no joy left in the game. Okay, wasn't given effort out there. Comes in every year fat, right? Apparently his handlers are a problem. Yeah, that's what they're talking. Yeah, yeah. His, his boys are not the so best influence. And, and here's the thing, you know, obviously I have strong opinions about Kyrie Irving, but it's like they didn't have a choice because they don't have the assets to trade for a second gun, a championship second gun next to Luca. Okay. They don't even have the talent enough around. Like, even if it was like once Brunson walked, they're that sealed the deal for the Mavs. And so they have to take big, risky swings like Kyrie, which even if Kyrie and Luca play, like, they don't. Where's the defense? I mean, and yet to be seen. Dude, Kyrie, you know, is just a time bomb until he's going to go off. I mean, he's that big of a head case. It's just. Who he is, you know? And he, well, and he just got paid, so I'm with you there. Like, now he doesn't have a big incentive at all to do much. Yeah. I mean, he he's a dumbass that puts all of his self-worth in believing that he's a genius, which is just a recipe for eventually that thing's going to pop. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have that combo. And, uh, yeah, again, how are you? No one, Kyrie, you can't trade Kyrie. Like, I mean, again, it's like how many days until he says something about the Jews or something. You know, like he, he just—he has no trade value because he's such a dumbass. Did you see he signed with the uh, the shoe brand Anta? Yeah, yeah. And then everyone China, made the yeah. Yeah, everyone made the joke. His shoes are now going to be called the Anta Semitics. Oh my god, <laughs> that's, that was that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone being Twitter, NBA Twitter. Listen, yeah, it's you're not getting this on Sports Center. Not getting this take on Sports Center. <laughs> That's why they, I don't know. They, uh, yeah, he he could go out and average 30 points a game next year, and it doesn't matter. You're, he doesn't have trade value. And, I mean, he'd have to go on a pretty serious apology tour, at least. I mean, maybe he could rehab his image if he, but then he'd have to score 30 to 35 points a game. Do you think the Celtics were taken back? Probably. Boston's a very welcoming city, you know. Um, I don't know. They're as racist as he is. You know what I mean? That's, That's what like, I'm... Yeah. Maybe there's be a match made in heaven. There's the idea that Kyrie could go to teams, but it's all like a big what if because certain teams are just automatically going to say no because of the background. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of other teams are going to say no because he's a six foot one dude who's over... He's a six foot one point guard who's over 30 who has injury history. 
So like you've got the on the court stuff, you got the off the court stuff. And that really whittles it down to, okay, is LeBron just going to go, you sign him or I walk? Exactly. Like that's the only thing that can that really happen. That is his only lifeline mm-hmm. is wherever LeBron goes. C- Cubans. LeBron for some reason still, I don't know. I don't know what that's about, but LeBron's still looking out for that dude. And that, that, but well, he because he helped Mavs, win that ring in Cleveland. But, but that's why. That's why it makes me so happy where the Mavs are because they had to, you know, get they had to get the checkbook out for Kyrie because they don't like if Kyrie weren't to sign, like if Kyrie would have ended up with the Lakers, what would they do then? It, it, who would it be? It'd be Derek Lively and 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 uh, Tim Hardaway Luke, Jr. Luke, Tim Hard, yeah, oh, yeah. Don't forget Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, like what that team is worse and they weren't in the playoffs this year and even with Kyrie like they're they keep acting like a season of Kyrie and then playing together is going to be it's like no the second they're going to keep losing games they're going to play like 500 ball probably up until the all-star break if someone hasn't gotten upset before then and uh, you know eventually it's going to be too late where people know that they're going to have to trade Luca because he's going to request a trade and then they're not going to get the same value that they could have gotten I just would say I, I this is this is a tough stance for me to take here because I don't love it, but I would rather be the GM of the Mavs and have Mark Cuban as the owner, even though he's not the brightest dude ever. I mean, the guy's made a ton of money, so I'm not trying to get it that way. I'm just saying, like publicity wise, he's not the best dude ever. The Rockets guy's worse, but if I'm comparing the two, I'd rather be the Mavs GM because at least at the end of the day, I have the one ass, I have the asset that people are going to want. Like I have Luca. If I was the Pelicans GM, can I trade Zion? I don't know. If you're trading Zion or Luca, you'd much rather trade. I'd, I'd much, I'd much easier just give up Zion versus Luca. I'd rather keep Luca on the roster because, because the Kyrie thing can go so South that in two years from now, it can be a buyout because he signed, what, like a three, three-year deal, I think, 120. And it can be a one-year buyout where all of a sudden Kyrie basically plays for the Thunder but doesn't play for the Thunder ever. He's in that deal that Rudy Gay's been in twice with the Thunder where he never plays a like minute. Heartbreak. Yeah, exactly. And so he's just bought out as some trade package deal, and that's it. Then all of a sudden you have a ton more money, and you've got Luca and his, you know, middle of his prime versus right now he's getting close to 22 i'd assume i, I don't know what lucas age is exactly well, I mean, Ky- Kyrie could be out of the league in two years like i, I believe that like he i mean he he's like this might be his last rodeo like if he has another blow up on the mavs or they just suck and he doesn't bring i mean who's gonna want to take him on with with that headache like i i don't Luke is 24, by the way. So for the next five years, I'd rather go, okay, here's the deal. I can have, I can trade, because well, you trade you trade Luca, you should be able to get a, you should be able to get draft compensation that is, that far out sees trading a Jalen Green or Jabari well, Smith. Jr. here's the thing, though. If Jalen Green progresses in year two, you know, say he adds like three or four more points a game, and Jabari pops off like he did in summer league. I think both of them might have, you know, combined would definitely have more trade value than Luca. It, it just depends because yeah, Luca man, he really did end the year bad. Like, and, and I'm talking from a mental perspective. So if and he already comes into the season out of shape, like 
So, you know, if he's on a bender this summer and he doesn't have the heart to do it, like, what do you, what do you have? I mean, it could all be gone by the all-star break. It could be. Obviously they're not going to trade him preemptively. Like I said, because no one has the stones to do that kind of thing. Cal, but that's, that's what I think the play should be. I would just much rather work for or be the GM of an organization where the owner is not telling for Tita, basically. I think that's what I'm getting at here. Is 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 I is that if 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 you really were picking like worst GM job, well, I think it's Hornets. It's number one overall. You just signed Lamella to like three hundred million dollars a year. You drafted Brandon Miller. I don't even know what they're doing. I you know Lamella Lamella can play. Can he play any defense at all? I mean, can he? Can he? Has he had a get re- through a couple injuries has he every had a year? Reason to really want to? I don't know. I'm being a hypocrite but, but, saying that, but like the Hornets are terrible, and it's the Rockets are also. So it's like he already knows. You know, he might have that mindset of like, okay, do I tear an ACL trying to go hundred thousand percent? You know, when we just locked up a top four pick last part of the year. I think he's at least a piece. Uh, Miller, a lot of people were kind of dumping on him for summer league, and yet he didn't play well in summer league. But kind of like what we were talking with Wimby and Chet, it's they have to find their spots, and they have to find the positions that make them the most successful. And I think Miller, I don't, I people were comparing him to like Paul George, and I, I don't think he's anything like that, but I think he could be like a really important like third or fourth piece, you know, on a winning team. Like we're talking about who's going to have a better career, him or Scoot. I think Scoot's the better player, but I think Brandon's the better team player and can bring more to a team and have team success just because the way he plays D, the way he can shoot the three, whereas Scoot is going to be more ball dominant and he's probably, you know, kind of like Dame, he's probably going to be the one or two option just with the way he plays so i i think you're right in two years from now the easy consensus will be oh why in the heck why in the world did the hornets ever draft you know brandon miller over scoot but then in five years from now it'll be flipped the other way yeah. if i had to guess really brandon miller will fit better on a team perspective lamella ball will be a guy in the league that we we're talking about who's on the same level as scoot yeah. And it'll be, well, now Portland is basically, with Scoot, is basically going to be, now it's going to be like Dame and Blazers 2.0. Not from the shooting perspective, because we know Dame Miller can just shoot the lights out, but from the undersized guard who has to do everything to get him to win, and their roster's hamstrung because they have short, small guards. Like Anthony Simmons, like he's not a big dude. C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum beforehand. And that's going to be it in my mind is that'll be, oh yeah, two years from now. Oh, Scoop puts up all these points, puts all these stats, but no one really watches the games because they're on the West Coast and everyone watches all the Brandon Miller stuff because they're on the East Coast and they're like, man, this guy can't stay on the court. He's not great, whatever. And it's just two rebuilding teams who won't ever Well, that was do much. Portland's problem. They tried to outgun people. And so they needed a player instead of like a McCollum, you know, who's a fantastic shooter and a great scorer. They needed a player like Brandon Miller who could play wing defense and be versatile and all that. I think going back to the Cuban thing, I, I think he just, he, he, he GMs like a billionaire where he thinks 
solutions to his team's problems are, you know, like what he can do in real life, just buy something and mm. fix it quickly. And that's not, the Mavs are going to be bad for like five or six years, depending on when they trade Luca and when they get that, that return of assets. Cause they are, yeah, they're struggling. I mean, what, what do you do? They don't have cap space. Who do you trade? You trade Tim Hardaway. You get a first round pick for Tim Hardaway. No, no. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. It also makes me laugh, people like Cuban, that he gets into fights with people on Twitter. Same thing with Durant. It's like, dude, you're a billionaire. Why are you arguing with people on Twitter? Well, sensitive. So sensitive. I, I'm looking at the Mavericks here to see who's actually on their roster besides basically Luca Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr. Because, I mean, you're right. There's not a tradable... There are tradable contracts everywhere, but there's not guys who could get you back at first. Like Maxi Kleber's not doing it. JaVel McGee's not doing it. Maybe Josh Green, but that's if that dude plays lights out for this season. And then you're like, well, maybe. I mean, I can't believe Dante Exum still is on the roster right now. Grant Williams is he doing anything? That that's the one. That's the one guy that I think could help the team out. Yeah, real yeah. Well. I actually I like that trade, but it's again, I, they don't. I don't think they have the firepower. Even if Kyrie like lights it up, it, just the way Luca needs the ball, the way Kyrie needs the ball, that doesn't work. And Grant's not one of those dudes that's going to go out and create his own shot. No, kind of like a poor man's Draymond. Well, they'll need what what. What they really have a big issue with is that Luca's got a 15% trade kicker, so he's not as tradable as he would be. He still is incredibly tradable, but Tim Hardaway Jr. is signed for a lot of money. Rashawn Holmes. They thought that they were going to make a bigger splash in free agency last year, and so they didn't value Brunson. Although, you know, there's a lot of talk that Brunson was going to be with the Knicks regardless, but, yeah, they, they... that was a fatal mistake because even, you know, they weren't going to win a championship with Brunson, but at least with him, you're in the playoffs with that team. And yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, the truth with Cuban is he got lucky with Dirk. Dirk being not only just a, obviously a Hall of Fame player, but he revolutionized the position. And when you're the first to do that, Look at any player in history that has been able to do that. And they always have not only success, but they have championship success because you can't adapt that quickly to it. So Dirk doing the one footed fadeaway, like when you first see it's kind of like with Wimby, it's like at first sight, when you see him doing all this stuff, it's like, how the hell do we, you know, eventually someone will figure it out. That's where where he's going to have problems that's going to determine whether or not he becomes the the generational player that they're talking about is you put a dort out on him. Someone Mm. that's going to body him up, you know, not only push him off the ball, but when he's got the ball, he's going to have to catch it. If he's trying to post up, he's going to have to catch it outside the paint or he's going to have to get the ball in the wing and make a couple dribbles. So, so is that is that your number one overall pick though of Wimby. worst GM job yes. in the league is the Mavs? Yes, 
I'm also, I mean, I, I hate the Mavs. I, I've held a grudge against them ever since the relocation vote. They, it was them in Portland were the two teams that voted against the Thunder relocating. I don't know. Why would Portland care? Because uh, the, probably the rivalry with Seattle. Oh, they, okay. I would think Portland would be like, yeah, get out of here. We'll take all your fans. Well, it's, also, it's just a shanty town in Portland now anyway. You know, there are no laws, so they're probably high on They're in something. Seattle. Yeah, Portland and Seattle. Just, just absolutely lawless areas. It's like the panhandle back in the 1900s. More like South Canada. Am I right? Kevin? Yeah. Yeah. No, they, uh, that would be mine, but I'm sure there's probably a better answer. I'm thinking who, who would have, I mean, honest to God, I mean, you get rid of Popovich. Um, if the Spurs hadn't gotten the first pick, the Spurs hadn't gotten the first pick, that would be, be a really bad <laughs> spot to be because they didn't have a whole lot. Well, I think the, the Hawks are in a tough spot. The Hawks are in a tough spot. Neither of us. Neither of us like Trey Young, right? I mean, I I I like him, but that, that's the thing. Like, he's got the Dame problem. Like, Dame is a great player, but if he's the number one guy on your team, the way he plays, if you don't have the right amount of pieces and not just like good players, but players that can play off the ball well, then it's it it's tough because he. he I mean, you see his results so far, and like, yeah, he can carry you through a series against, you know, like our the Thunder we had that year that, you know, weren't a contending team. But is he going to knock off, you know, like the Suns by himself? No, you don't. I'll, I mean, it's like the NCAA tournament when you get like a Morrison. Like, you just can't count on being able to outshoot every team with one player. I want to throw out two more here as we end this one out uh, that are Eastern Conference teams. Chicago Bulls, Detroit Pistons. The, yeah, the Vucevic thing. Um, well, just like... I would much rather... Being, being in no man's land. That's what I... That's the the reason why I go, yeah, the Rockets, is I don't know what... What are you doing? Like, there's not... The, the, the owner wants to get to the playoffs tomorrow, and you don't have a good ability to do so right now. Yeah. That's that's why I think that's that's one of the worst. But then, you know, if we're also going with... The Knicks are... But the Knicks got, like... They have assets. They have, assets, they have stuff. I mean, that's why I think the Bulls is because you got DeMar DeRozan on a large deal that just Vucevic isn't just really signed. working. Um yeah, Vucevic signing. Who's your best up and coming? You got Zach Levine on a huge deal that probably no one's really dying to trade for. He's coming to the end of his career. He's injury prone. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, and then Pistons, like, I mean, you know, I've got an affection for him because he used to work there. But I, they didn't, they got a, they got the, what, the fifth draft pick this year? Mm-hmm. That's not helpful. Well, of course. I, I, I like the Thompson I, I I like it. I'm just saying, like you you don't. I think they're building. Didn't well, get top three. Well, the pick. big question mark there is Cade, like because he just hasn't played a whole lot, and you know if he if he lives up to that first round pick or the first overall pick, he's not. I like I like Ivy a lot. I think Ivy's a really good player. Uh, Duran is a good center, and then they've got uh, Weissman also right off the bench. Yeah. 
um, which, you know, we'll see. But, I mean, they have the potential is there, at least. I I think worst GM job is either the Hornets or the Bulls. And the reasons why is Hornets, you're just not getting... I, the Hornets, I'd be shocked if they made the playoffs next year. Oh, there's no way they make the playoffs. And, I mean, even the play-in, like, there's no way. Like, you, you're just... You're, you're bottom five in your conference for the next two or three seasons. You have no one on the roster, basically, besides... The last two draft picks you have, I, I don't know what else to say. And then the, the, the Pistons, why I'm throwing them out there is because they basically had Cade. We don't know. That's that's why. I would love, I mean, I have a Cade jersey. I have Pistons and OSU Cade jersey. Like, I'd love for them to win. I got to tout that out here, make sure I have that on record before I say anything bad about them. But the Pistons, like, they won 17 games last year. Jay Ivey didn't look great. He wasn't making any big notable things, but I mean, how would I, he? What do you mean Ivey didn't look great? Didn't look well, but like he just, the point being is like, if you're the Pistons mm-hmm. and you can go back and redraft last year's draft. I don't, I don't know. If are, are, are you taking, you're, you're taking Santa Clara Jalen over well, Jay yeah, Ivey. But right. You know what I mean? But like that, that's, that's the point I'm making here is that like, I mean, no, but yeah, no one was, there were people that were high on him, but no one had the balls to step into the top 10 to take him. Mm-mm. I think what turned a lot of people off about him was just the fact that he, you know, his age, people were questioning his ceiling. He kind of like Dame when he came out, but I, I think, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll counter that saying, would it be crazy if the Pistons made a play in game? Next no, year? not at all. That's why I, I honestly want to bring him up because when when out the podcast on this note is that the Pistons roster right now is pretty decent. And I think it's better overall than the Bulls roster. And that's why I would take the Pistons GM drop over the Bulls. Like I would not want to be the Bulls GM. Because you have you have hey, you have Marvin Bagley, you have Jalen Duran, and you have Weissman. So you got three guys rotation. You also have Isaiah Stewart roster there I don't know what they're doing with Joe Harris that's a very weird signing to me but also cool like why not get more shooting so you have stuff at the trade deadline if they're not trending up you know um you'd be like a Danilo Gallinari type for us when we got mm, in there that's a great point um you also have Bojan Bogdanovich great shooter Granny's older so like he's probably only a little bit longer left maybe he's actually Actually, I think he signed with the Mavericks. Excuse me, the Magic. Excuse me. So this is an old roster I'm looking at here. But you have a Thompson brother. I think the one who shoots better historically, although they're pretty close. You got Jaden Ivey and Cade. And, I mean, you got a lot of potential. Like, you, like there's a way to sell a lot of tickets for, you know, Spistons are doing. Like, there's a lot of potential on the roster, and I'd rather have them versus others. Um I just don't know. The Bulls roster is just not doing anything for me at all here. So, well, Sam, thank you so much for, a pleasure, for, uh, for joining here on the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always, please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more. Catch you guys again soon here. Sam, anything you want to shout out here as we end this one out? No, I think we covered all the bases. All right, perfect. Um, thanks so much again, and we'll catch you guys again soon. Peace. Yeah, no. We'll do it in person.
verses.